0: It can be really difficult for women to find reliable nutritional supplements to really help them reach their goals. About nine years ago, Mom Sanity was born, and my business partner, Debbie, and I have spent the last five or six years focused on creating and developing really great-tasting, nutritionally clean, dairy-free, gluten-free, junk-free, artificial-free products to serve women and their families at mom sanity we make dairy-free protein powder called mom fuel clean bcaas to help energize your day and craving cocoa to help you satisfy those nighttime cravings without devouring the pantry i welcome you to check everything out at shop.mymomsanity.com Hey, everybody, and welcome to Healthy Discourse. It's Emily here, and I'm excited to welcome back to the show my friend and business partner, Debbie Basden. Hey, Debbie. Hi, how are you? I'm great. I hope you are. Yes, I- I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad that you're here. Um And uh, For our listeners, if you did not yet listen to our first episode we did together, it's just two episodes back, Um, Debbie and I did an episode telling the Mom Sanity story, which is our company that we have together where we focus on motherhood, faith, fitness, and nutrition and have a product line and so forth. And um, we touched on some of Debbie's stories specifically in losing her first husband, Aaron, in that episode. So I encourage you to go back and listen to that. But today, we're going to dive in a little bit more to the touchy and challenging subject of supporting and loving those who are grieving a loss, specifically widowhood, because that is the specific experience that Debbie has. And um, I'll be honest, it's a little, we have talked about this so many times. And it still makes me a little nervous. Like, I'm afraid I'm going to ask the wrong question still. And I think that that's where a lot of people are. And so instead of diving in and trying to be helpful and understand, a lot of times it's easier to just avoid the subject and the topic. But today we're going to go there. So Debbie, I would love for you to start, um, if you could just kind of take us back to life as it was um, when around the time that Aaron died and kind of where things were and what happened and just kind of those, the early days of, of all of that. Yeah. So
1: it was August of 2012. So it's very bizarre that this coming August will be the 10 year mark, which I, I actually cannot believe that it's very surreal. It has, I have never come to a place where this is a permanent reality. So somehow (laughs) um, I don't really grasp the fact that Aaron is gone, even though mentally I realize he is. But at the time, our four boys were between the ages of four and eight and you know, life was very typical. It was just everything that you think life is. I was a stay-at-home mom. He was a middle school PE teacher, which meant, you know, you have the summers off, which is great. And that August, he was super excited to be going on a guys-only trip while I took our whole litter of children down to his parents down where they live near the coast. And, you know, the thing about death a lot of times is it really blindsides you. And it was one of my biggest fears in life. Often Aaron would go on ventures by himself and I would literally get within two inches of his face and say, you can't die. You can never leave me. I can't Mm -hmm. be a single mom. I couldn't handle it. And he would laugh and he would say, no, I know. (laughs) I know you couldn't handle it. And so I just you know it's almost like i would joke about my fear because i was like maybe if i joke about it it won't actually happen and so you know i he wanted lots of children and i did not and so i would joke again we'd be walking through toys r us and i would say well maybe i'll die young and you can get remarried, find a younger wife who's willing to, you know, have this whole baby factory with you. And it's like this whole time, God is, you know, he's got to be shaking his head like, wow, she really has no idea what's coming. It's it's not going to pan out that way. So, you know, when I was at Aaron's parents' house, long story short, because uh, I don't, you know, I don't give strangers, a lot of details of sure. Aaron's death. He was not sick. You know, he, a lot of people have said, you know, was it cancer? Was it a car wreck? And mm-hmm. you know, that was not the case. And so it was a very, it felt like a Hallmark movie that I was living in where mm-hmm. I'm having to call the police. I'm having to file a missing persons report. I'm, I'm calling our cell phone company asking if they can divulge information about his his phone activity because I could not get in touch with him. So it was a really grueling, unbelievable twist of events that Mm -hmm. it led to his mother-in-law and I driving four and a half hours in the middle of the night back to our hometown, leaving the kids behind. And a lot of, (laughs) a lot of police officers and just a lot of unknowns where I'm, not allowing myself to believe the worst case scenario. I just was mm-hmm. like, no, I'm gonna put that out of my head because that doesn't happen to me. That happens to other people in the movies. And unfortunately, it was the worst case scenario. It, he was gone, he was found dead. And it was, you know, just like this this numbing moment where I'm realizing at about 7 a.m. that I'm I didn't know what I was called. I was like, am I a widow, a widower? What are we called if, if you don't have a husband? And I just literally cried out to God, mm-hmm. like, help me to make my faith be real. Like I, the Lord is always good. He will always and only be good. And I, I'm realizing my children are now waking up fatherless and they don't even know it yet. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of <laughs> the day that everything yeah. where the rug got pulled out from under us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I remember all that well. And it, it, even being a, you know, just following the course of events leading up to that, even I felt like it was surreal. So I can only imagine what that must have been like um, in your own four walls and in your own family and marriage. So, um, and I know we've talked about it so many times that every single time we talk about it, it still like makes me like choke and realize how much I can identify with what you're saying as far as biggest fears and so forth. Um, I know that afterward in the early days, especially fortunately everybody wants to be helpful and supportive and, um, gratefully, I know there are a lot of friends and family and, um, and church community members and leaders and that kind of thing that, of course, wanted to help. I also know that all kinds of help are not necessarily welcome. And in our best efforts, we can actually be offensive and think that we know the right thing to do and how to be helpful when, in fact, that's not at all what the person needs. So I would love for you to share some of the things in those early days that Maybe let's, let's do the not helpful first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, it's hard because we're all stupid people. We all say stupid things and to think ability to, I never know how things I say on any given day, how they're going to, I think. I I really tried to take everything with a grain of salt and try to understand where people were coming from, but I emotional, especially in those initial months. So I I had a lot of um, unfiltered moments where I told people to get away from me and to shut up. I Mm -hmm. I did not appreciate um, kind of those pat answers that people tend to say, you know when they're like, I can relate because my husband's in the military. I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, you cannot. (laughs) You know, I didn't appreciate that. There was a rumor that I was pregnant with our first daughter. I don't know how that happened. I had someone ask me if I was expecting I people putting responsibility on me, call me if you need anything. Well, I'm never, <laughs> ever going to call you because I am drowning and you're asking me to actually add to my list of to do's. And, uh, you know, people would often make it about them. Someone told me in the funeral line that it should have been her that died. It, it, and I'm like, what in the world? She's like, well, I'm a worse person. He, he was such a good person. I should be the one that's dead. And that's actually a very prideful, self-centered comment where I'm like, what in the mm-hmm. actual world are you talking about? So yeah. I think people want to help. They have good intentions, but I'm the kind of person it's like, please don't tell me how to think or feel. I was told, don't go home. You, you should not go home. As mm-hmm. if I was like out of my mind, you know, people told me you- you've got to eat. I'm like, I can, I can miss a couple of meals and I, I won't die if I, if I don't eat for a few hours, it's going to be okay. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. I think people really have kind of like what you said. They don't know what to say. They don't know how to act. And so sometimes <laughs> they say the worst things. And I remember you telling me, you were like, you can act as irrationally as you need to for as long as you want. You, you <laughs> kind of can get away with whatever you want. And it, that felt very freeing to me that I could be a hot mess, that I could be angry or irrational And it was okay. I had the green light to do that because people really, (laughs) people are funny.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I hope that was like a helpful thing. I don't know. I think sometimes like, you know, anything that's challenging that we go through, we we start doing that. Um, What should I be doing? Right? How should I act? What is expected of me? And I think that we need to allow that freedom when life is completely turned on its head to, you know, allow for people to not be perfect all the time. Right. And right. to have emotions and to, you know, be um, short tempered or whatever it might look like. And I really loved what you said, actually, a couple points back saying that And this where we do we do this, we all do it. Call me if you need anything. Right. Regardless of what the challenge is that people are going through, um, I love that, you know, instead, one of the things that I've learned and and you've helped me with this for sure is I can offer something specific and say, no, I'm going to do this. You just tell me when or um, or you can just do it if you really know that it's something that's going to be helpful. Right. So. On the flip side, can you help us understand some of the gestures, words, um, and encouragement, whatever that might be, that actually was helpful? And of course, we're talking specific to your experience and everybody's different, but what were some of the things that actually were helpful? Yeah. And I do
1: think it is, you know, definitely unique to me because I I met a widow weeks later on the soccer field. And I literally had no idea what to say to her. I was—we mm-hmm. our, our husband's funerals were literally on the same day and mm-hmm. I was grappling for words. So I totally get that. So some of my perspective is to keep the same level of friendship that you had before the death. So I had a lot of people who wanted to be my best friend and wanted to do lunches with me. And that was extremely depleting. It it felt like an extra burden. And it was weird that people felt so magnetized, maybe because the story was fascinating, maybe because they were just very kind and gracious and thought that that would help. But it became very awkward for me. I'm like, if we were not friends before, we are still actually not friends. So whatever Mm -hmm. you were before, and hopefully that relieves some pressure on people that they don't have to suddenly invade other people's space. <laughs> I would right. say keep that same level of friendship. I I did not like when people would say, how you doing? And they would tilt their head and, and give me the sad mm-hmm. eyes. And I love my mom. I'm sure she probably did that as well. But it's like, how do you think I'm doing? (laughs) What would you think my answer is going to be? So I didn't want to be some kind of sob story. I felt like that, that was a kind of, I don't know, just a way to fill the air with a random set of words strung together. I think Mm -hmm. allowing silence is very difficult for, for the other side. It was hard for them to not know what to say And yet the people who ministered so immensely to me often said very few words. They just Mm -hmm. did not speak and they let me talk or cry or scream and they just Mm -hmm. sat there. And that feels like, no, I should be doing something. I should say something. And sometimes the silence is actually quite the healing balm. And, you know, another weird thing is, People brought my children presents, and I don't know if that was to cushion the blow, but it turned it into, like, is this a Christmas experience? Why are, why are we associating death with gifts? And I think people wanted to distract the kids and make them smile and make them happy, but I had to just hide those presents, and I actually gave them to my kids in December for Christmas because <laughs> that is we don't give gifts for death you can absolutely send cards, gift cards, and that's wonderful. And I think helping babysit the kids, if that's your level of friendship, that was helpful to me Mm -hmm. because I needed time to breathe. I needed time to do a lot of legal paperwork, but the present part was kind of I don't know. That just seems very weird. And many people do that.
0: And I think,
1: you know, speaking of gift cards, that was great because I could barely put food on the table. It was just Mm -hmm. too demanding to figure out what was for dinner when I'm just trying to stay vertical. So I think helping with meals is great if you're the kind of person that can drop and go. Because what it turned into is there was some kind of meal train, but people would stay in my house for 45 minutes. They would tell me how things were going in their life while my kids are dismantling my home and dinner has gone cold. So I I just stopped. I was like, I'd rather starve to death than you come Mm -hmm. over with your baked ziti. So I think, you know, to be mindful of boundaries is really important. And, you know, I would run into people three, four months later, I'd be at Target and Somehow a woman would figure out who my family was and she would say, I prayed for you. I didn't know who you were. I saw your story on the news and I've prayed for your family. Prayer is literally the biggest thing that people Mm -hmm. can do. And it seems so like, no, that's so trite. It doesn't really do anything, which I would encourage you to increase your faith walk. But Mm -hmm. to me, to know that people prayed for me or would send me little Bible verses of God's truth, I think was very, very helpful. I mean, I I can't even count the number of cards that we got, which is even more impactful if you can wait. So what I have done since then, a lot of times if I feel, you know, I've heard someone has experienced a death, I will wait a month to send Mm -hmm. a card. I had friends that would at the month mark, send me flowers. And I'm like, that, that is love to just mm-hmm. wait when they can actually read the card and pay attention to it and yeah. i think to when you do speak to ask questions ask do you want me to say your spouse's name or not because people are very <laughs> divided actually about that as they're widowed and so to say is it okay if i share memories and to remind your loved one that they will be okay. I had a friend and and I said I'm I'm going to fall apart at the 1 year mark. Everybody falls apart after 12 months and she said no you won't. Don't mm-hmm. don't say that. Don't condemn yourself. She was like, you love the Lord. He'll be with you. You're forced yeah. to parent. You're going to be just fine. And that really brought me like this big exhale moment. So that's a
0: lot of talking. That's a long long list. I'm <laughs> <just> sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's a great list because I really think that this is is so, um, helpful specifically for, of course, the loss of a spouse, but even this relates to lots of other types of loss too, or hardships that families go to because I go through, because I think it's, um, we, we experience a lot of these same emotions and same challenges with, um, with, with just hardship in general, and and while these are specific to the loss of a spouse, I think that they can be related and help us think about times where maybe we said too much, or in trying to be encouraging and saying, "Oh, you know, it's better this way," or you know, um, they're in a better place, or whatever. And and sure, we have good intentions, but in some, in we in wanting to say something and be encouraging we can sometimes put an extra burden on that person that's already hurting. And, um, and I know that, that again, this experience is yours. Um, in fact, I recently was talking with a a widow that I know, um, from years ago and we, um, and she was talking to me about how as she's become remarried, that she's really has a completely different set of friends and hasn't has not maintained a lot of those old connections because it's too hard whereas in your experience I feel like you've what you um have maintained and and held on to those relationships like you said from before not all of course friendships change but um so of course everyone is different Um, and you touched on our last episode about about the 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 months and time since Aaron has passed and i think that it's encouraging to see what god's hand and what he's done through your family would you be willing to share just a little bit about that as well
1: you know it's interesting that <laughs> several months after Aaron passed away i was talking with a a great guy friend of mine and he had really been helping me with a lot of technology and it is i got to say this was my first really concrete experience of the body of Christ being the body of Christ. It Mm. it blew my mind. Like I always heard like, Oh, we're God's hands and feet. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. I don't know what that means. And I was like, wow, people are, are meeting needs. You know, this, this friend of mine that I'd had for years was like, I'll help you. Get your new cell phone. I'll help set this up because you don't know how to do this. You know, like, let me help you with your new laptop that your sister bought you. I mean, people were meeting our needs in such practical ways. It could only like melt my heart for the Lord. And so I remember sitting with him, and, you know, we've always had a great relationship. He's married, he's got a great family. And he said, I just, I've got to share, I'm really concerned about you. And I was like, well, here we freaking go. What is it? (laughs) And he was like, I think, you know, I, I know that you like Jason (laughs) because at the time I was totally stalking Jason, which is again, like such a God thing because from the outside, it seems crazy. Like she's newly widowed. How dare she? give herself happiness. How dare she, you know, pursue another man so quickly. And absolutely. I I totally agree. I think it's absolutely bonkers, but God was driving that train Mm
0: -hmm. and I had already
1: surrendered everything to him. I had Mm -hmm. already put my arms up and said, this is my life is yours. So steer me. What am I supposed to do? And so my friend was saying, I think it's um, a little bit too fast. I think it's too quick. And I think this is maybe a rebound situation where you're trying to just pacify some pain. You you want this feeling of love. You don't want to deal with uh, grief. And I politely said, I appreciate you saying that because I think a lot of people are thinking it, but they Mm -hmm. don't have the nerve to actually say it out loud. So I was like, I love that about you. I said, however, do you believe in God? And he's like, what do you, of course I, yeah. And I was like, oh, have you prayed for me? Well, of course I've prayed for you. And I was like, do you think prayer works? Well, of course. Yeah, of course prayer works. And I was like, is it possible that I've had so many people kindly, selflessly praying for my children and for me and that God answers prayers? Do you believe God will answer prayers? Well, yes, Debbie, I think God can answer prayers. And I'm like, well, then isn't it possible that this is from God, but mm-hmm. because it didn't fit the mold that everybody wants, that that ruffles the feathers and he was like wow i feel so called out he's like absolutely and he apologized and i said you know it's no hard feelings mm-hmm. but we expect you know i would be this way if i were widowed or i would be clutching a bottle of whiskey in a corner if i were widowed people offered me sleeping pills you know people assume it's this way but until you've walked those miles you mm-hmm. can't really say and so it was a great opportunity to be like isn't god so good to move so swiftly to answer the prayers of righteous people in such a powerful way. Like that's just one moment that it was like, I don't know, it was earth shattering for me. And maybe that is like not even relevant to what you were asking. No,
0: no, I think it's great. No, I think it's great. And I really loved, um, it was a sweet blessing to me uh, during the early days of mom sanity to watch and be I felt like I had a little like inside view to the the floor the the seed and the growth of your relationship with Jason and kind of got to see a little bit more of the uh, inside of it I guess I don't know how to say (laughs) that but um, and and just how that how it blossomed and how God was working in that and you know, and, and his life experience and how maybe he could relate to your boys and the fact that he had known Aaron. And I know for some people, like, I, I think that again, is the part that made them uncomfortable maybe, but to me, I was like, what a sweet gift that is so rare. And, you know, uh, that's has to be from the Lord because these things don't just quote happen, right. Where all mm-hmm. those connections and, and might might, um, might work together. And sure, nothing's perfect because we live on, we, we live on this side of eternity. But um anyway, I just always have thought it was such a sweet blessing to be able to be able to um, watch and see and, and, and be able to come to your wedding and, and, and so forth. So actually, I guess I should let you tell that part of the story. Because-
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it is interesting that, you know, Jason and Aaron were very great friends over a, a very long span of time, which, you know, I, I even had fellow widows kind of rib me about. You know, I've kind of befriended several young widows and they said, it must be nice. You know, I wish I could go through my late husband's phone and find some single guys, which, I, so just to let y'all know that even young widows in the same life situation could say some kind of painful things that I was not shopping around. I, I didn't turn my husband's contact list into like a dating site. Again, mm-hmm. it was just so God bringing it together. But it's interesting that I had the freedom to have this unease, you know, I'm like, this feels weird that I'm drawn to someone new while longing for someone else. And so I could cry and did often on Jason's shoulder and said, this hurts so badly. And I am forever in love with two men and Mm -hmm. for him not to shame me or, or quiet me, but instead to say, of course you are, it would be weird if not, because I've actually talked with a lot of widows whose family and friends have turned on them when even new love interests will shut down. Like we don't talk about the past, like there's Mm -hmm. some bizarre jealousy. And so it was interesting Mm -hmm. that Jason is and was mature enough to say, I want to finish what my friend started. I want to continue the legacy. I know how he believed. I know how he parented. I know how deeply he loved you. And I would like to finish and carry that forward. So it was very, very touching, very tender. And and he, I think, loved me before I was (laughs) willing and ready to love him. Mm -hmm. It was very, you know, quick because that's how adults work. But he told me pretty early on, like, I love you and I I want to marry you. And I believe that we will get married, which was, you know, extremely difficult when you feel like you're actually cheating on your spouse. I was so Mm -hmm. focused during my first marriage of being very faithful in Mm -hmm. every way, not even to mentally wander. And so it was different to kiss a new boy because Mm you have just cheated on your husband. And so it, it does take time. I think that God is like, keep pursuing me keep yeah. chasing me. I am the lover of your soul. I know you the best and have great plans to give you this hope and future. And so I think if we can all, regardless of whether we lose someone or not, whether we're married or single, he has to be number 1. And and I think he was. <laughs> That's my hope. And so yeah. you know, we it took time, but eventually we were driving down the road and had the kids in the car and I just looked at Jason Out of nowhere, and said, I think we should. And he said, What what are we talking? Are we going to the movies? Are we stopping by the grocery store? I think we should what? And I said, I think we should get married. And he was like, Oh my goodness. Wow. What happened? And I just felt this peace that I needed from God. I needed everything to be okay by God. And within a week, we had booked our wedding venue, (laughs) it was off to the
0: races. (laughs) <laughs> right No, I remember all that well. What and like I said, it was such a sweet gift to be able to be on the sidelines during that time and kind of cheering and 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 it gave, and truly, I feel like I got to understand um, some of the inner complexities of what was happening, and um, and that was something that I actually learned a lot from, which I'm grateful for. And I will say, um, I think it is. Really great that, like you said, I think a lot of times it's like, oh, this is my new life. Everything is replaced, and I love that month after month that you continue to honor Aaron. And I know that one of the reasons that you do that is because you're encouraged to do that by Jason because he's not threatened by the fact that you, of course, still love your first husband who who died. And mm-hmm. I think that that is. Um, something that we can learn from as well, because uh, unfortunately, I think that that happens far too often. It's like a complete starting over and a forgetting. And a, mm-hmm. and that's like what, what people feel like they're supposed to do in order to move on. And I think you you've shown us that we can sit in the middle. And like you said, you can love two men for the rest of your life. And in a way that is God honoring, and mm-hmm. I'm sure that's a, a sometimes a, a difficult place to sit, but you do it and you do it well, and you honor them both in that. And I, I think that's a something else that we can can learn from. And so I appreciate that, and that you continue to allow those close to you to participate in that as well. So thank oh, you. You're so kind. <laughs> Um, let's see. I was going to say, I don't think I have any last questions. Are there any last thoughts that you might want to share as far as like this journey of 10 years and kind of maybe anything that's, um, maybe the, where the struggle still is and, and any encouragement that you might have for those that are new to widowhood or that uh, have experienced recent loss.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you know for me the to i what i often told other people who have been widowed whether like you know what am i supposed to do I, I don't even know and i always say there's no handbook you know mm-hmm. there's no rules there's no timeline you get to feel how you feel you get to take the time you need to take but i think what i always reiterate is apart from god we can do nothing mm-hmm. and i think it's a way to cling to him as the anchor in all of this, that it will not be easy. It will always hurt, but it won't always feel the way it does in those initial days, those initial days. It is like a freaking tsunami where you can barely take a breath before it's crashing down again. And to know I wouldn't say it gets better. It just won't always feel the way it does, that you will be able. I I was just telling actually a a widow this last week who messaged me, who feels like she can barely get out of bed. I said, you will laugh again. You Mm. will genuinely smile. You will feel joy, but it won't be today and it probably won't be tomorrow. And so to know there is hope, but you really, all of us (laughs) need to be anchored into God because he's like, I am going nowhere. I will not change things up on you. I am the constant in your life. And then it's like, okay, all my eggs are in your basket. Then God, like, let's do this. You blaze the trail, carry me through these valleys. And hopefully there's some mountaintops coming. So that's probably the only shred of wisdom
0: (laughs) I have. No, that's awesome and, and, yes, and that's so I'm sure great and encouraging for um those women to hear and and isn't that just kind of advice for life on the side of eternity yeah. too? like wherever we are, whatever circumstances might be that we have hope only in eternity and only with Jesus and as we've just celebrated Easter when this comes out, what a reminder that that is for us as well, so mm-hmm. um. Thank you. Well, and one last thing. I I think it's awesome. I know that you've supported many widows over over the last 10 years. And um, I can imagine that your investment in them has been really fruitful to be able to have somebody because I know that it must feel so isolating sometimes. So thanks Mm. for doing that, too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyway, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Debbie, again, and um, for being so willing to share your journey. I know it's not to continue to be difficult to talk about. And I am just really grateful for your willingness to share. So, Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. And we'll catch up with everybody next time. And like I said, if you've not heard our first episode or checked out Mom Sanity, we hope that you'll head on over and we make mom life easier, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> All righty. Take care. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.